Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hello, everyone. It is Jamie Jill Wright with Madlet Musings, and I'm excited today because I have with me Misty Beller from Bethany House Publishers. Yay! I'm so Yay. excited to be here, Jamie. I know. I'm excited to have you. I always enjoy chatting with you, and we get to talk about your new release that's releasing here in June called Rocky Mountain Rendezvous. Yes. That sounds, it reminds me a little bit of, we do this thing here where I live, where they do a rendezvous down by the river. Yeah. Every year, have you heard of those? Um, yeah, there are many um, There's a couple big ones that happen, but yeah. yes, that sounds like exactly what my book is based on. Oh, really? Okay. So, tell me a little bit about it. I want to hear about this Rocky Mountain Rendezvous. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I. Well, okay. So I'll tell you about the book first, and then yeah. I'll tell you about my how I got to the book. Yeah. Um, so the storyline is um, four sisters come west um, with the supply wagon train that would deliver supplies for the trapper mountain man rendezvous. Um, and what the rendezvous is um, one time a year during the summer, during the month of July, um, all of the trappers, the mountain men, the Native American tribes in the area um, would gather in a big valley, usually along the Green River somewhere in Wyoming, or what would later be Wyoming. Um, <laughs> and that would be their one time to trade their furs for supplies. So they would stock up on supplies for the entire year. Wow. Um, and then once they used up those supplies, they would just eat the meat that they um, brought in from the first. But anyway, um, so so when the sisters got there, um, well, first of all, they were sent west because um, their father, um, kind of his deathbed request was, I need you to take this bead necklace, this blue bead necklace to this Indian woman, um, Peak Blackfoot, and give it back to her. It's hers. Um, she gave it to me as a gift, um, but it means so much to her family. I need it to get back to her. And he didn't really um, put a lot of forethought into asking that. And I think that he didn't really think that the sisters would would go west with it by themselves. <laughs> I think they he thought that they would send the solicitor, you yeah. know, hire someone. Um, but they decided, you know what? Um, we're gonna we're gonna fulfill this wish ourselves. It'll be an adventure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've said that before, and it is always an adventure when I say that. Um, so they arrive at the rendezvous. It takes about two to three months to get there from St. Okay. Louis. And when they get there, they look down into this valley, and there are miles and miles of men, only men. There were a few Native American women, but um, no white women at all wow. um, in the area at that time. So um, they immediately realized they're a little over their head. Um, and you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, and our hero meets them right away, of course, um, and helps save the pet coyote that they caught along the way. Oh, I love um, coyotes. I know, especially little baby ones. That I know, they're so dangerous. cute. Okay, yeah. I'll let you talk. <laughs> um, so he realizes the danger, even the danger that they don't realize, and um, kind of steps in to help them with their search. And um, I won't give away spoilers, but the 
the storyline um, follows their search to find this this elderly Native American woman, mm. um, and it's it's fun. It's really neat because we they the sisters are staying at the rendezvous um, while they kind of spread out and search mm-hmm. in different directions. Um, so we get to see the the fun of the rendezvous through much of the book. Um, That's so cool. It really is. I didn't realize when I read the title, I thought rendezvous was just kind of a creative word that was used to, you know, bring about a gathering. I didn't realize it was literally an actual rendezvous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's the source of the word, um, but it was definitely back in those yeah. days when read the rendezvous, everyone knew it was the, the trapper rendezvous out West. So that's so cool. I love that. So what you said that you had, you kind of came into the idea. I want to hear a little bit about this story behind the scenes <laughs> yeah so I love to read firsthand accounts um, from that time period there's mm-hmm. so many really cool trapper journals um, that the the trappers would just you know write down everything they did that day and um, they're really incredibly fascinating um Osborne Russell I think is the name of of my favorite one but I've just okay. read so many or listened to the audiobooks actually is what I do oh that's um, very helpful and- yeah 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 so I can do it while I'm cleaning or whatnot right exactly (laughs) but I kept hearing about the rendezvous and just what wild places they were how there's so much horse racing and shooting and just these crazy stories that would happen at the rendezvous um there was even a time that a rabid wolf got into the rendezvous and she bit all these people before they shot her um Uh. and so then like all these all these trappers went crazy <laughs> right because they didn't have like were. treatments for rabies back then I would no, assume not at all. Not, especially not out west where they're yeah. really only in trading posts at that point you um, know that's actually one of my trigger worries which is the dumbest thing is that I'm going to get bit by something that's rabid and I'm not going to know it and then I'm going to get rabies and then I'm going to know I have rabies but by then it's too late and I'm just going to yeah. die the slow rabid death anyway that's my brain yeah. Well, that's why you write the kind of stories you write. Yeah, I probably don't even need to get rabies. I'm already well on my way to losing my mind. Anyway, okay, wow, that's an actual true account, though. Yes, it is. And I actually got to include it in the book, but my line editor put a note there and said, 11 people, really? Is this a true story? Um, Or is it a little extreme, maybe? I can't remember if I turned it down a little bit because there were several things that I turned down just because they were like what they felt over the top, even though they were real life. You know, I've been in situations where I've said, you know, if I wrote this in fiction, my editor would tell me to take it out because it's not believable. And yet it's real life. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh Yep. So I might have brought that number down or maybe not talked about some of the deaths. Anyway, um, but so as I was hearing these stories about the rendezvous, I started thinking, this is crazy. Imagine if a woman comes from the East and doesn't really know what she's getting into and shows up maybe with a chaperone or doctor or whatever, yeah. um, and then just comes on us and is left to try to figure out how to, what to do, like mm-hmm. how to find a safe place amongst all this craziness. Um, and there was a lot of, um, like that would be the time that the, the mountain men would get whiskey. Um, oh. So there would be a lot of, of rambunctious. Yeah. Rambunctious. Um, so anyway, I 
that was just, it was one of many possible ideas I pitched to Bethany House, my editor there. And that was the one they came back with. Wow. Um, but I actually pitched the idea for, um, I think Four Sisters was what I originally pitched because okay. I have four daughters and oh. my girls were saying, oh, mom, your next series should be about four sisters. Um, so I like that. That's cool though. Yeah. That's so awesome. this story is Juniper. She's the second in line. Um, okay. And she is kind of uh, modeled very loosely after my second born Haven. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that I would, you know, very closely match their physical and um, personality characteristics. But yeah. as soon as I started writing it, Juniper took on her own life and her own personality. And yeah. so she doesn't have that much to do with my Haven, but she's <laughs> Haven is still an inspiration for her. So she got the dedication in that book. I was just saying, this book is dedicated to her, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. That's awesome. I love that. So four sisters, does that mean there's going to be four books? One for each? There's going to be at least three books. Um, I'm I'm kind of, I'm actually writing book three right now. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to do a fourth book. It's not under contract yet, Mm -hmm. um, but the story has kind of been building in my mind and I'm not going to tell you anything else because it will spoil book one. (laughs) Um, But readers can rest assured that I don't think I'm going to be able to let it rest until there's a fourth book either. Mm -hmm. So, so either way we'll get, we'll get a story written at some point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker publishing group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. When did, so your book takes place in what year? 1837. So was um, Wyoming was, a state then or? No, no. it was um, part of the um, Idaho territory at that point, mm, mm-hmm. um, which eventually split out into Montana territory and okay. Nebraska territory and some of the others that then split out later into um, states. So Wyoming okay. was part of Idaho territory and then Montana territory before it became Wyoming. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the rendezvous started in the 1820s. Um, I want to say 1825. I haven't looked at that date in a few mm-hmm. months. So yeah. Um, and they went to about 1840 and that was um, when they started to kind of, of die off. Um, okay. But 1837 was actually the largest. So was it? Okay. A fun year to start. Yeah. No kidding. Just, no kidding. Yeah. So that was kind of, so, so basically I'm just trying to wrap my head around Wyoming territory history so basically the majority of the white culture in the territory at that point would have been trappers and yes. I mean with their yeah. winter in the 1830s wouldn't have been like western towns like we think of when we think about not the West. there really weren't even trading posts there wasn't okay. um cavalry wasn't there at all it was um it was just really wide open still 
um, Lewis and Clark came through in 1804 through 1806. Okay. So that was like the white man's first right. major step into right. that area. And right. then so this would have been um, a little over 30 years after that. So okay. there had been trappers galore who came um, and that's why they felt the need for these supply wagons. Right. Um, and the Whitman's um, markets and yes. um, and their, the other couple that they went with mm -hmm. um, had already gone to Washington okay. um, at this point. Um, and the, the two women, the two mm -hmm. missionary wives were the very first white women to ever go through the territory. Okay. Um, and I think they went through 1835, if I remember correctly, but it was a year or two before okay. the story takes place. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was very, very, very frontier. Yeah. <laughs> Not very frontier. Yet. Yeah. Was... Very fresh too, probably even in relations between the Native Americans and the white men coming in. And I can yeah. imagine there was a lot of tentative, like, mm, what this? <laughs> no, it's really interesting. Um, reading the journals and the firsthand mm -hmm. accounts, um, I understand why there's so many different um, people feel differently about, you know, some people lean so heavily toward, um, you know, that the Indians um, weren't treated badly. They, um, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know, some people do still say that, even though yeah. it's not quite true, but anyway, right. <laughs> and, and others are just, you know, completely of the other mind. Right. So reading the trapper journals, it seems like there really were some trappers just integrated seamlessly in mm -hmm. with the different tribes um, and they would, you know, winter with the tribes and um, they would have um, names given to them by whatever tribe they were staying with. Sure. And sometimes they preferred specific tribes that were a little more open and friendly. Mm -hmm. um, and some trappers, just the minute they saw an, a Native American, they shot, or, you know, they hit oh. or they ran or they, you know, whatever. Right. And it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's, but really there's just two different mindsets. And I guess we yeah. kind of still had that today. We have the people who believe we were all created by God and mm -hmm. um, God loves us. God just has a really right. creative um, way of creating creating the world creating the world um, yeah exactly yeah yeah and I suppose and, it's you know you had the, go ahead I was just gonna say and then there's the other group that are you know the only ones that are right are, are right. their own rights so. yeah well and I, yeah I was thinking too with the the trappers going in I suppose it's I don't want to say it's like any relationship but you know the element of respect um yeah. is a huge defining factor and I you know I my kids have been at times like, okay, so trying to wrap their heads around that dynamic of did the white man do something wrong coming in or right, are the indigenous right. people overreacting? Like some people say yes, they are. Exactly. And I said to the exactly. kids, well, look at it this way. If somebody, and this is very simplified because I'm dealing with little children, but I'm like, if somebody comes up our driveway, they introduce themselves. They're very respectful of our house, our property, where we live. They don't try and move their entire family into our backyard. We're going to welcome them. And at some point we might say, hey, why don't you come camp in our backyard? And we'll make breakfast tomorrow morning. And then you have the people who drive up the drive up your driveway and just start pitching tents. And you're like, get out. And they're like, no, no, no. We like it here. We're yeah. staying. I said, and there's a different. <laughs> and my kids are like, they can't do that. It's our and I said, now you see. Yeah. Because I said, at that point in time, the indigenous people that was their land. That was their home. And people were moving in. And I said, with, you know, 
progression of mankind and population of the world, it's kind of inevitable that that's, you know, people are going to infringe on each other's territories at some point. But I said, the matter of respect and what you give and show to people is such a huge defining factor in how things are received. Yes, absolutely. And it was, it was done both ways. Yeah. Both kinds of of approaches were definitely there. Right. Right. Yeah. And on both sides too. Really, yeah. when you read the journals, and um, I know there's um, so many of them out there, and they are fascinating to read. I love reading, like, the, uh, the um, I have a book, oh, I'm looking for it right now, I was just reading it, it's a pioneer woman's, she went on her wagon train, and yes. it's it's all her letters of, of just day-to-day life, I got the pot out today, and today we cooked stew, my husband shot an antelope, and, you know, yes. you have kind of boring entries like that, and the next day you have, like, all of a sudden there's a rabid wolf like you said <laughs> you're like what yes it's, you just never know what's going to happen that day no no you don't so now all of your books have kind of an element of faith spread through them not necessarily a specific theme but you do weave in faith correct yes yes there's a spiritual arc in every book um but i try to i used to try to plan it ahead of time um, like, you know, get to know my characters and get to know where they are in their spiritual journey and where mm-hmm. they'll be by the end. And I do still try that every book, mm-hmm. but um, probably two thirds of the time, I just really have no idea until I get kind of yeah. halfway through the book or even three quarters of the way through the book. Yeah. And and then suddenly the character starts um, making it clear where they are at that point in their spiritual yeah. journey. And then I have to backtrack and right. figure out where they were at the beginning of the story yeah yeah um, so, yeah I faith is such a, a vital part of my everyday life mm-hmm. um I I just want it to kind of be reflected that way yeah my characters there's, there's no sermons or um, any of that yeah. stuff. That <laughs> you're not gonna make us sit through church <laughs> no <laughs> no oh um, that's cool yeah, it's it's really neat because we're always either moving forward or, or moving yeah. backward. And, yeah. Um, one of the things that I love to include in the books is just um, all my books, almost all are set in the Rocky Mountains. Okay. They're just so gorgeous and the mm-hmm. majesty and it's just, um, and the treachery. Um, mm-hmm. They're just really provide so many challenges, but, but to stand on top of one or near the top and to look out at just the, the awesomeness of God's yeah. creation. Um, that is so often for me anyway, and for my characters as well, just becomes a spiritual experience. Like how can you stand there and look at that and not, um, look upward just a smidge higher to God and, um, know that, that he is real and just really wants to be involved in our lives. Yeah. No, I agree with that. The mountains, you know, I try and get out, out West pretty much once a year and you, you get to the Rockies and it's a very humbling experience because you feel somewhat powerful as a human, whether you realize it or not, like you kind of go through your day sort of feeling like you have an element of power and control. And then you get to the Rockies and like you said, the higher up you go, the smaller you become <laughs> yes. you're like, wow, yes, I'm not so powerful after all. <laughs> There's a movie um, that really, really made this hit home with me. Um, and I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about yeah it's fine. Pop, pop culture you can talk um, about pop culture so I think I'm pretty sure the name of it is six below um but okay. it's where it's kind of stranded on the mountains and um 
at the towards the end of the movie he finally gets to a point where um the chopper can come in and save him mm-hmm. but they so he's he's laying on the top of this mountain in the snow and the camera pans out and it just keeps panning out and so he becomes this tiny little speck and you see mountain and mount snow-covered mountain and snow-covered mm. mountain snow-covered mountain for probably thousands of miles i don't know wow. it, it's crazy far yeah. Yeah. just as far as you could possibly see and it really brings into focus like you you lose sight of him you can't even see him anymore and you can still just see mountain after mountain after mountain yeah. and it's like wow right we are, we are nothing in the midst of all of this but uh-huh. it just oh my goodness it just really yeah. gets in your in your soul yeah it it totally does in fact um along those lines although not quite the same thing because it's not mountains but it's space i was watching a movie the other night it's the first time i've seen it but it had um um sandra bullock in it and um george clooney and i can't remember the name of it but anyway essentially they get stranded in space in their spacesuits and that's pretty much all they have right uh-huh. um but really the concept is that like you are small and you can't leave this little cocoon that you're in or you're, you'll die. And then they, they'll pan out and do these amazing video videography of earth and the stars and just the vastness of space. And I literally looked at my husband and I said, how can there be a place so vast that I feel claustrophobic? You know, like claustrophobia is usually tight spaces. And I, I I'm almost pan- like, I'm feeling that panic just watching this movie. Like, yeah like oh my gosh and just the amazingness of of creation yet god sees us yeah all this vast amazingness of just more than we can even comprehend he sees us and and cares not just that we live and breathe but cares which decision we make exactly exactly and not just us as a whole race but us as an individual each and every one of us individually on a different different level so it's amazing he's amazing yeah. well this is quite the conversation from rocky mountain rendezvous the title but if readers want to check it out it sounds like a really good book um and i've read misty's books before and they are really good so if you enjoy historical romance and adventure and kind of that rocky mountain jive going yes. on there um and i like the early american history too i like that it's not you know 1895 or something but it's yeah in the earlier time period it's it's kind of neat so how do readers find out more about your book and find out more about misty beller so the book is available anywhere anywhere you can get books um but the way to find all the insider info would be my website uh, mistymbeller.com and um i'm actually giving away a free ebook when you mm-hmm. sign up for my newsletter so motivation um, yeah that book is honors mountain promise so you get a, an extra dose of, of rocky mountain adventure that's awesome um, and then just all the latest news and updates on my stories cool awesome well that sounds great um thank you so much this is so much fun and um this is the first book of three that are to come and so people are going to want to get a hold of this one because I'm guessing they're each going to build on each other as we go. So, yeah, there'll be standalone stories, but you definitely, um, it'll definitely help to have read the previous books. Cool. Awesome. Well, Missy, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time. And this was so much fun. Thank you. Yes, it was. I loved it. Loved it. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.